You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, July 13th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly, certainly not always the most Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at LO underscore Padres. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at Just Baseball, which is a great website. Go check that out. A little bit relevant to today's episode, too. Uh, and of course, as always, guys, thank you for making Locked on Padres your first listen available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to see me wearing my nice, cool, slick, you know, it's not Padres colors, but it's this slicked Locked on shirt. So go check out the uh, the video if you guys want to do that. Let's get the sub subscriber numbers up. You know what I'm saying, man? Uh, and my crazy hair, you know, my Wolverine style hair, I think is, is looking pretty good on, on the YouTube, if I do say so myself. But anyway. On today's episode, guys, we are discussing a couple of very, very important topics. And number one is last night's game. Not going to be a super-duper recap. We're going to go over that first. And then we're going to be talking about uh, Taylor Rogers, the closer for the Padres, of course. And then we're going to be talking about the news that Estuary Ruiz has been called up by the Padres to the Major League Ball Club. Going to be talking about that. What does he kind of project as? My feelings on the move? All sorts of things, guys. And then just close with maybe a little all-star stuff. And just, just a little ha-ha and getting happy about our the two members of the Padres that made the All-Star team. So let's get into the game. Let's get into the game, ladies and gentlemen. Last night, the Padres narrowly defeated the Colorado Rockies, snapping their 10-game losing streak at Coors Field. Not in general, but at Coors Field, which I had not realized until our man, Don Orsillo, had mentioned that on the pod, uh, the broadcast last night. Uh, they win this one 6-5 to five behind an impressively solid start from Mr. Sean Manaya, who goes six and a thirds innings, two earned runs on five hits, one walk, five Ks. He does give up that home run uh, to what's his face? Who the heck was it? Randall Gritchick, which is annoying because Randall Gritchick has been one of the worst outfielders in baseball. And, you know, believe it or not, actually, yeah, a little bit worse than our, our own Trent Grisham, who, man, man, he makes an error in this game, by the way. Uh, tracking a ball, it looks like he just didn't calculate his distance on it correctly, and he didn't dive or anything. It's just he was kind of jogging to the ball, and it, it ended up being actually farther along than he thought. It gets by him, results in a triple for, if I'm not mistaken, Charlie Blackman. And then C.J. Crone brings him in on sack fly, so stuff like that matters. But anyway, I don't want to make this the Grisham show. The big story of the night, aside from it just being really sweet that our boy, uh, Sean Manaya finally had like just a solid start. If he can give more outings like this, right, six innings, two earned runs, a couple strikeouts or whatever, that's more than great and more than good enough for this Padres rotation that certainly has a lot of depth. Um, also, our boy Manny Machado had a home run in this game, an absolute smoke daddy-o, by the way. 434 feet, that was rad. And C.J. Abrams had a home run. He really needed that. Not just because he's been playing poorly uh, for his very, very, very short stint uh, on the Major League team. Don't get me wrong. This isn't hasn't been an indictment of C.J. Abrams as a player. But 
it has been a little bit like, oh man, this is this has been rough for him. And on top of that, the collision with Jerks and Profar, obviously the very scary injury from last week. I imagine he doesn't feel very good uh, about that whole thing, seeing as his knee is what went into Jerks and Profar's face. So happy for him in that. He also made a really nice defensive play at short, uh, snagging a ball that should have been a single probably. Uh, so that was really cool for him. But the big thing about this game guys is Taylor Rogers who barely gets the save after allowing two earned runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. I was very scared because of just the factor that the Padres have been very bad for some reason for a while now against the Rockies. There seemed to be our arch nemesis in fairness. I actually think that this year's team is pretty okay. I don't think it's that much of a joke as compared to years prior, uh, and certainly maybe not even last year's team. They got Chris Bryant. Connor Joe has been a really solid player for them. CJ Crone is legit. They, they like have stuff, you know, they have stuff that don't make them a joke. This isn't Pittsburgh or Cincy or even the Chicago Cubs or the Royals or the Tigers, teams like that. They're like the tier right above it. But even still, I was expecting a loss here. I'm not going to lie. I was just absolutely expecting he thankfully uh, is able to get out of it. But Rodgers, it just feels like his slider has not been effective lately. It feels like batters aren't chasing his pitches. It's almost gives me a slight Blake Snell vibe where it's not necessarily that all the time that people are rocketing home runs against Taylor Rodgers or anything like that. Or that he's consistently just like giving up hard contact overall. He's not the best at it. It's just that he can't really get guys. To, he's not fooling anybody lately. And he's been bad for long enough time that we have to talk about it. His ERA is sitting above four now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so 4.04 ERA, which is a far cry from the like less than one ERA that he had for a lot to begin the season. Now, don't get me wrong. He was due for regression. This is not a guy uh, throughout any of his career who's really put up like giant numbers like that, right? He's never been a Mariano Rivera or anything like that, right? Even, you know, in 2021, 3.35 ERA, he was solid. But years before that, an effective reliever, I wouldn't say a truly dominant shutdown reliever. He has been an improvement for the Padres, but it's concerning. Uh, it's definitely concerning. Yes, he was due for regression, but at this point, I do have some worries. However, however, here's the thing. I'm not so sure that there's an easy fix for this that makes sense for the current state of the Padres. And what I mean by that is some people are going to say um, David Robertson, right? He's on the Cubs. I just mentioned how bad they are. He's definitely getting moved, right? You have... Heck, maybe what's-his-face, what's that guy's name? I forgot his name on the Royals. Might be an option. You know, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, if the Phillies fall out of it, right? There's plenty of relievers out there that a lot of teams have that they may, may be looking to move, right? But my thing is to acquire those guys. Lou Trevino, maybe, if some people like him. To acquire those guys would take assets. And I'm not so sure that they're that much better than Taylor Rodgers, or at least not certifiably better. I think David Robertson is good, but also David Robertson's having a resurgent season, and with just the state of the Padres right now, I don't know if we want to buy in on people who are having a good first half, because that hasn't typically worked out for the team uh, over the last few years, you know what I'm saying? It just has not been uh, the calling card of the San Diego Padres, just buying high on people who are performing well, and then they just kind of predictably regress. So I wouldn't want to do that. And that's probably the biggest reliever off the top of my head that's out there. There's certainly some others, um, but I would rather get guys that are a little bit lower tier than Rodgers just to bolster the bullpen. And hopefully if the bullpen can get healthier, I'm not all that into saying we need to get a new closer. 
I'm just not. I- I'm not. Now we have to see what happens because if if Rodgers does keep up the, with this pace, which I don't think he will, I think he's going to get better. If he does keep up with this pace, then we're going to have to see if heck, uh, Nabil Krizmat has to be the closer, right? He's been more of a long inning guy, uh, or if. I mean, Denelson Lamette just got set back down, but you get what I'm saying, right? The Padres are in a really dicey spot, and I don't think that there are many relievers out there that I trust are 100% better, right? Yeah, you can go get Joe Mantiply, but he's on the Diamondbacks. You can go get Josh Hader, but that team's good and also going to take too much. And then you can get Ryan Helsley, but that team is also good and it will take way too much, right? So I don't see an acquisition for a new closer that is certifiably better than Taylor Rogers that I think could help this team right now for a team that by the way needs to spend those assets in my opinion elsewhere because like I said hopefully you have to hope these and I'm willing to hope on this if you're the Padres in their current state that they have a lot of guys on the IO with Pomeranz with Morajon with Pierce Johnson with plenty of guys right so hopefully they get back it can make the bullpen a little bit better or trade for some lower tier guys that's just my take, which is always the correct take, obviously. You guys know that. You've been listening to the podcast for a while, hopefully. But if it's not, guys, if it's not your first time, all right, you may be new to the old Blue Nile, ladies and gentlemen. What is Blue Nile? What is it? What is it? Is the best place to go for all of your kind of jewelry needs. You can celebrate all of life's special moments. Thanks to BlueNile.com and get the engagement ring of their dreams. Classic timeless jewelry pieces. They've got wedding jewelry, you know, like engagement rings and bands and stuff like that. I'm not interested in jewelry whatsoever. Look at me. Do I look like um, I'm that, that the ladies are a big fan of me? No. No. Do I look like it? No, not whatsoever. But Blue Nile still can help you out. All right, because even if it isn't, you know, say a wedding or anything like that, or for someone that's a, your partner or anything like that, it could just be as a gift. So they've got you in there, and they've also got fine jewelry, diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, gemstone necklaces, just really cool stuff for people that you care about. It doesn't even have to be a romantic thing. Maybe it could be for, uh, I don't know, Father's Day somehow. I don't really know. But you guys get my point. They have everything that you could need over at BlueNile.com. And because you're listening to this podcast, I got a deal for you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you guys. You ready? You ready? Lockdown listeners, you can get $50 off of purchases of $500 or more. It's a podcast exclusive. In order to ring up, in order to acquire this podcast exclusive, use the code LOCKEDON. Guys, that's code LOCKEDON, easy to remember. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Of course, guys, got to mention again, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your first listen. Free and available on all platforms. Let's talk about the other news, all right? Because we talked enough about Taylor Rogers. That was a little bit of a confusing string of thoughts, I must say. I'm rambling a little bit, maybe it felt like. But bottom line is that I really do stand by what I said. But let's talk about a new development for the Padres. And that is that Estuary Ruiz, one of their prospects and one of the biggest breakouts in the minor leagues this year, has been called up to the team. Um, as of the court recording right now, he hasn't been placed in the lineup or anything. I imagine he's going to get a shot, so we'll have to see what happens. But uh, I'm very excited for the upside of Estuary Ruiz. Let's talk about his numbers really quickly. Before this year, he'd kind of been an okay batter in the minors 
you know, but he wasn't a guy that because there wasn't too much power, that there wasn't necessarily a long success at the higher um, levels of the minor leagues that, you know, in rookie ball, yeah, he was hitting like 300, but he hadn't really done that necessarily in a more certifiable way that people and prospect analysts liked at the higher levels, right? I mean, just even last year, this is a guy who hit 249 with a 328 on base, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but that's like in the minors. So that's not necessarily something that's going to make people turn their heads. And most prospect lists, Baseball America, where I am a contributor to, JustBaseball.com, which I just wrote some of my thoughts, by the way. You can check that out in the podcast description, talking about Estuary Ruiz and the rest of the Padres, if you're more of a a reader type, uh, you can go check that out, guys. That barely anybody had him in most top 100 lists or even the top 10 list for the Padres specifically heading into this season. And what has he done this year? He slashed three, hold on, let me make sure I get this right, 333 with a 467 on base, 560 slugging, slugging and an OPS over 1,000. That's pretty dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. And that's not at rookie ball. That's not at single A. That's at double A and triple A this year. And the numbers did not fall off or anything all dramatically once he made it to triple A. Just slightly lower average, 315 average, right? Like he's been just absolutely killing it. And the big thing about him is while he isn't necessarily a huge power guy, he has 13 home runs this year, but he's not a huge power guy. That's not necessarily something that I think a lot of people are expecting to translate, you know, in a major, major way, especially to start in the majors. But the big thing about this guy is he's a stolen base fiend. He's got 60 stolen bases this year, which is absolutely, across 77 games for you to have 60 stolen bases, this is something you don't see much more, uh, much anymore in Major League Baseball or baseball anywhere, right? You don't see these ultimate speedsters. He was on pace for stealing over 100 bases this year, and that hadn't been done since Billy Hamilton in 2012, when it came to minor league baseball. So this is genuinely a one-of-a-kind sort of speedster. Is this Padres team a team that necessarily needs stolen bases and speed? Not always. They've got some decent base runners. You know, not the best in the world, but that could still help. And yes, there are, they are in a team that is always dying for batting average and on base, at least in terms of the past few years, right? They've actually been a lot better at on base percentage. But even this year, in fairness, batting average could help. And the biggest reason for that is is not like your Hassan Kims and not your Jake Cronenworth who's having a down year and whatnot. It's that the Padres outfield has been one of the worst for contending teams in baseball, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it, it hasn't been good, and I'm not breaking news there when it comes to the Padres outfield. Don't get me wrong. But because of the struggles of Trent Grisham, who only Randall Grichik and a couple other players have been worse offensively than him, in terms of overall war, he's got about the 14th to 15th lowest amount of war, which isn't great, and that's only bolstered by the fact that he's been a pretty okay defender um, in the outfield. And I say okay, as evidenced last night uh, by the uh, by the, the misplay against the Rockies. Um Grisham has been a big reason for this. Will Myers has been hurt, and while Nomar Mazzara has come up and actually been pretty solid, the bottom line is that this is not a great outfield. And with the injury to Jerickson Profar, that makes it even more scary. Now, don't get me wrong. We've been talking all season on this podcast that you might be listening to, or maybe listening to the first time, that the Padres need to try and acquire some outfield bats. But Eshiri Ruiz, if he can be that lottery ticket 
you know, sort of guy that can help the Padres out. Because this year, the Padres outfield guys, check this out. They have the third fewest home runs as a team in terms of their outfield production in baseball, only 19. They rank 28th in OPS. Their mark is 649. And they're in a four-way tie for the third worst WRC plus in all of baseball with only the A's and Reds faring worse. That's right, only the A's and Reds in WRC+, Plus, which is a metric that judges kind of independent of fielding and the ballpark and sort of stuff you're overall hitting as an offensive player. They've been pretty bad, ladies and gentlemen. They've been pretty, pretty bad. And I'm not necessarily saying that we needed the Padres outfielder, that we expected the Padres outfield to be good. But we certainly were expecting more from Trent Grisham, who at this rate, it would not shock me if the Padres are trying to move if they moved him in some sort of deal to in a package deal for another player, maybe they go get Ramon Laureano out somewhere, right? Like maybe they get you know, everyone's talking about Andrew Benintendi, right? Like there's so many options out there. If they move him around and even just get a replacement level player, a Seth Brown, right, out of Oakland might even be a guy that the Padres might be looking at, at this point. That's how bad Trent Grisham has been. That is why he's my number one biggest disappointment for the um Padres, honestly, ever since the second half of last season, he's been pretty bad. Uh, in terms of Woba, like I mentioned, since the second half of, of uh, 2021, he's the fourth lowest among qualified outfielders. So he hasn't been very good. And now I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> See, just talking about Grisham made me sneeze. That's how bad it's been, ladies and gentlemen. It makes me sick. So Estuary Ruiz, uh, the biggest thing, I'm not going to pretend I know everything about his mechanics as a prospect. You have to go read um, all of your prospect lists. Go check out Just Baseball. Go check out Locked On MLB Prospects, where I imagine Lindsey Crosby is going to be talking about him. But the biggest thing is, for the Padres, there's no there's no place to really go than up, right? That's the biggest thing with Estuary Ruiz, where unlike the C.J. Abrams call-up, which I didn't hate, I was excited. I mean, he's the top overall prospect. you got to be excited for a guy who's getting Trey Turner comparisons. But I wasn't necessarily saying they need to do that, and it makes sense. Because I was a big believer in Hassan Kim being a guy who could hold down the fort for a few months until Tatis came back because of his defense. And he's gotten a little better as a bat this year. So I was I was proven right on that front. But with this, I don't see anybody here. Yes, Nomar Mazara has been okay. But I don't see any upside in the Padres outfield, especially with Profar out right now, right? And he'd been the only saving grace for the Padres outfield. I imagine they'd be worse, potentially, than the Reds and the A's in terms of outfield production and worse in a lot of other categories, if not for Jerks and Profar, having a really big, nice breakout season. Unfortunately, he got hurt, obviously. Thoughts are with my guy. Hopefully he gets better. That was really scary. Um, but yeah, just as a team, they could even, and heck, they could even use the batting average and the on-base. They're 18th in batting average, 15th in on-base. Not the worst in the world, don't get me wrong, but sure, give me a boost there. They need power, and this guy isn't necessarily going to give that, but we just need players that can get on base on this point because it's getting ridiculous. And the the Padres just need aid. They need guys who can get on base and the speed potential of this guy, Estrella Ruiz, if it translates to the majors, we might see a genuinely phenomenal type player. Remember when the Padres were chasing after Whit Merrifield? What if he can kind of give them what they thought that they wanted from Whit Merrifield, who is a little bit washed right now over in Kansas City because they stupidly didn't trade him when they had the chance, but... What if he can be that? What if he can be okay in the outfield? Can't be much worse than what we have right now. And if he does perform well, 
then a lot of the burden on the Padres to go out and get a big outfielder is lessened a bit. There's just not as much pressure in that area. Or, heck, if he if he performs super well, then you're like, okay, cool, maybe we can trade some other little outfield prospects because we know we have this guy, right? I'm not saying trade Robert Hassel, who's the team's probably number one yet-to-be-called-up prospect. But nonetheless, Ruiz, very exciting. And, heck, you know what else? Stolen bases rule, you know? Stolen bases are just fun. How about that? That's my take. Put that on your aggregating list. You can soundboard that and whatnot. You can, you can clip it. Estuary is super excited. The guy steals bases and it's fun. So we'll see how he translates. We'll see if he gets uh, put in the starting lineup soon. Again, like I said, as a, um, as of right now, I have not seen any announcement. Let me just check really quickly uh, if there's been any announcement of the lineup. Yeah, nothing so far. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to read the article, of course, remember to go check that out at Just Baseball. But I have something else I want you guys to go check out. It has to do with betting, ladies and gentlemen. It's the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. BetOnline.net. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Obviously, the NHL playoffs uh, ended, so my apologies for that. I went a little bit on robo-mode and was just reading uh, <laughs> and whatnot, guys. But with the NFL you know, season coming up, they've got your odds on that. MVP odds, all sorts of stuff they got there. And, of course, baseball every day right that's what baseball works um it's the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season so go check it out head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts and we keep it moving ladies and gentlemen let's continue this podcast by closing out on some very cool news all right so while we did talk a little bit at the beginning about Rodgers and he hasn't been great we did get a little bit dark there talking about the Padres outfield situation and how we're hoping that Estuary Ruiz can save it but let's just talk about something good man let's have some good vibes maybe you're driving in your car right now back home from work or to work, because this is coming out on Wednesday morning, uh, to work, and you're saying, oh my gosh, I need something to brighten my mood, I'm almost there. Let's just talk about Joe Musgrove and Manny Machado. Okay, guys, obviously the Major League Baseball organization, I don't know why I framed it like that, they announced the All-Star starters and reserve. They announced that Manny Machado was an All-Star not too long ago. It was scary for a minute there, by the way. It was scary that he wasn't going to be the starter and that Nolan Arenado was going to get the nod, who, by the way, great player and has hit for a lot of power and has been very good. But Machado deserves the nod for just simple factor of being, you know, leading in war and just being a much more pivotal point for this Padres team. Like, I genuinely do not know where they would be at without him, uh, offensively, especially uh, for this season. He was announced to be a starter, as well as Wilson Contreras of the Cubs playing catcher, Paul Goldschmidt playing Cardinals uh, first base, uh, and then what's his, what's his face? My boy, the lit man, uh, Jazz Chisholm of the Marlins starting, Trey Turner, uh, uh, the shortstop for the National League starting, outfield Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Jack Peterson, which was a little bit surprising. Talked to Ben Kaspik on yesterday's episode, host of the Lockdown Giants podcast, about how you know, he's kind of a, pl- pl- a platoon guy who doesn't help you as much in the outfield. So I was a little bit surprised by that addition. But then again, off the top of my head, I can't think of someone who is just super, super more deserving. And Bryce Harper um, will be playing, or at least was voted, I should say, uh, the DH 
uh, for the National League. And granted, he's not going to be playing the game because of the injury. And so that's going to be somebody else. And for the American League, my boy George Springer was actually a starter. I actually predicted, and that was who I picked to make the All-Star team. I also predicted Julio Rodriguez before it was cool. Um, there's Jose Trevino of the Yankees, Jose Ramirez, who allegedly the Padres were interested in getting. Uh, he's starting for um, the American League. And then for reserves, Jeff McNeil, Norman Arenado, where he belongs as a reserve, uh, CJ Crone who murdered the Padres the last time they played them, by the way. Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, Starling Marte, Ian Happ, William Contreras, which is cool, the Contreras brothers are going to be playing. Garrett Cooper, an injury replacement for Bryce Harper. And then the legacy pick, Albert Pujols. I did talk a little bit with Ben about this, the legacy thing. I don't necessarily love it. I'm going to be a little bit of a hater for a second, but... Like, he's he's kind of like... This, this is too old, man. Like, like at least Miguel Cabrera has actually been, like, literally the Tigers' best offensive player. Like, at least he's been good in the classic batting average um, kind of way. Heck, I would take him on the Tigers, uh, the Padres right now, make no mistake. Although, that contract for Miggy isn't great either. But even still, I mean, I, I think I'd take it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I might take it. But, uh, like, at least he's done something. Pujols is a platoon guy right? That plays against only lefties, not even the strong side of the platoon, right? And that's that's my problem, right? Pujols has actually made teams worse uh, if you just look at war over the past like few seasons, right? He's been one of the worst players in baseball. So my thing is, yeah, he's great, but, and don't get me wrong, I'm a guy that will defend the Derek Jeter farewell tour and I'll defend a lot of other guys, but my thing is just, I'm not feeling it here. You know what I mean? Do, do people love Pujols? that much like especially the younger generation i don't know but also it doesn't count it's it doesn't matter really it's a legacy selection the home run derby is a little bit weird that he's going to be in there i don't think that's going to go that's a you know to quote luke skywalker in the superior last jedi film uh this is not gonna go the way you think uh when it comes to albert pujols in the home run derby but of course um just to keep it moving the starter for the National League at starting pitching is going to be Mr. Sandy Alcantara, which before Padres fans get mad, more than deserving, more than deserving. He's the front runner for the Cy Young Award as of right now. He's been tremendous and he deserves it. He deserves it over Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove has been amazing, make no mistake, but uh, he's still probably, you know, in the top five race for the Cy Young voting. But I think that Sandy Alcantara, because of the fact that he's been just an innings eater and that he's had all these complete games and he's been having that DeGrom treatment because the Mets don't always support him with with runs like that's kind of I, I just I get it right so don't be mad about Sandy Alcantara being the starter I doubt many listeners and many Padres fans are even if of course I mean Joe Musgrove's our guy right he's our guy but he's gonna pitch in this game which should be awesome and I don't really think that there are any other Padres that needed to be in the All-Star game, right? You could have said at one point that Taylor Rogers was going to be in there. Obviously, he is not and shouldn't be. And maybe you could have maybe at least at one point when I last did this, when I talked early about the All-Star voting and what my All-Star ballot was, how I voted for Ty France and Julio Rodriguez, for example, the AL, and that Jerickson Profar, if you were going to vote him, there was at least a chance back then. Like, he'd been a pretty good player uh, for the Padres. Not necessarily, like, super, like, you, he needs to be in there. 
But if you were going to be a little bit of a homer, he, he kind of, you know, you could do worse than Jerickson Profar, right? And if he had played a little bit better, if his slugging didn't go down, and obviously the injury, then it's not a far cry that he was off. So that's something that the Padres should uh, just take solace in, is that they were at least close, or Profar was close to that. That's how effective he's been. Mackenzie Gore, at one point, might have been uh, the all-star guy, but unfortunately those starts against the Rockies kind of nuked his all-star bid, and then this latest start against the Giants definitely nuked his rookie of the year bid unless he gets drastically better uh, down the road, which we'll have to see. I mean, he is a rookie after all. He's going to run into speed bumps. But yeah, that's basically it for Padres, guys. Don't get me wrong. uh, Still love Jake Cronenworth. Still love Fernando Tatis Jr. Still love him. I got love for him. But as of right now, those are the two all-stars for the team. And I think we're kind of clear. Like, there's no guy that, that the Padres that they got snubbed, right? I could come out here and fake outrage and say Jake Cronenworth should be there or Hassan Kim or, or I don't know, who else is the fight? Or you Darvish, right? But, and you Darvish has been good. And he's also lit, right? I vote for you Darvish just because he's fun to watch pitch. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fake outrage and feign it and say, yeah, this, this guy deserved it. What is MLB doing? I think for the most part, all-star snubs happen. And it's actually what makes it so fun is that we get to brag or yell about this stuff, brag about our own all-stars, and then yell and complain about, oh, this guy should have been a, should have been in. Bottom line is there's limited spots, and that's what makes it cool. I don't like participation trophy things. I don't want this to become like the NBA where their Hall of Fame is like, yeah, uh, hey, you know that guy Gerald Wallace or Ben Wallace? Could he literally play offense at all? No. But did he have a dominant best defensive player of the year and maybe decade for like three to four seasons? Yeah, Hall of Fame. It's like, I think it should actually be pretty hard to be called an all-star or the best of the best or Hall of Famer, right? And it's not an indictment if you're not, right? There are plenty of good players, right? There's plenty of good players out there. I just mentioned Ramon Laureano. I mean, Mark Canna is a good player for the Mets, right? Not an all-star, not an indictment. You need guys like that, and that's fine. That's fine. But ladies and gentlemen, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Look forward to the rest of the week as we recap games, potentially do some crossovers, talk more about all-star stuff, talk about how Estuary Ruiz looks as he steals seven bags in his opening debut. Obviously, calling it right now, seven stolen bases has never been done before. Or at least, maybe it hasn't. I don't know. Someone Google that. Curious who the what the most steals in a single game has been or like as something like that, maybe over a couple games. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, going to have that for the rest of the week. Go check out that article at just baseball. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J A V I I P E N O or at L O underscore Padres subscribe to the YouTube. And until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies. Come on, come on, come on.